for the modern day, um, you know, Amazon two day prime or Google lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, it's actually put in place to protect taxpayers. Correct. So it is a, is it is a control mechanism, um, um, to have some sort of efficiency and accountability in the system. So, yeah. So Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin Mass FM radio dial at 102.9. Here today for another talk, Franklin, with our town administrator, Jamie Hallen. Jamie, happy Thursday. Hey, Steve. Beautiful out. It's gorgeous. We're going to have some rain from what they say, but, um, you know, that'll come and go. We'll come and go. We can always use the water, and we're grateful that we're not in uh, the West Coast. Uh, true. <laughs> well, climate's climate's not part of this discussion. We no. just talk about the weather. <laughs> we just talk about the weather. It's sunny and 55 outside. Yes. Yes, indeed. Fun. So we can start with the Finance Committee recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, they met last night, and you gave them the preview that the town council will be getting around the adjustment that you make to the budget on an annual basis before the tax rate hearing is held. Yeah, so we, you know, as everybody may or may not know, the listeners, you know, basically, you know, each year, if you live in a smaller community, um, you know, they have what's called a special town meeting, um, usually in the fall. And um, in Franklin, we'd usually do an annual budget adjustment in the fall. It's very similar to what happens in a lot of small towns at special town meetings. And as I explained last night at the FinCon meeting, the reason why we do this is um, that when we approve the budget on prospective revenues, prospective uh, debt and interest payments, and some other things, healthcare uh, contributions, et cetera, um, and state aid, et cetera, uh, from the state budget, um, we don't exactly know what those are when um, we do the budget process through March, April, and May. And so uh, once all of those legislative issues are cleared out, once we get the exact numbers from uh, from borrowing agencies and interest and we go out and borrow the money, um, we actually then re-adjust uh, the budget a little bit to reflect actual numbers. Mm-hmm. And um, that gives us a better sense of also where our revenues are locally for the first quarter of the year. And so this is very common. Um, and the reason why we do it in November as well um, is because we wait till the last usually couple of weeks before we're legally uh, required to set the tax rate um, in December. So uh, for the folks out there that um, watch this stuff throughout the year, you probably know a little bit what I'm talking about. Um, but obviously for those that are listening for the first time, this is a very routine item um, that we usually do uh, this year, there's only about 500,000, uh, 540,000 or so uh, worth of money uh, moving around. Um, a couple of the revenues uh, got readjusted for uh, the tax levy, uh, what's called new growth. Um, you can Google it and say Massachusetts new growth, and it'll come up with a bunch of resources if people out there uh, are curious about digging a little deeper. But um, And then we, we just kind of cross-check our, our revenues locally, um, kind of in quarter one, and then we look at state aid. This year, we did receive uh, about a couple hundred thousand dollars more in state aid. And not all of that is Chapter 70. Some of that is whole harmless aid. Some of that mm-hmm. is what's called UGA, um, uh, unrestricted general uh, local aid. Some of that attributes to the mosquito control projects and a variety of other things that are assessments on animal control and things of that sort. So it's a, it's a, a there's fairly complicated formulas uh, baked in the state budget on these things. But the state usually never gets done with its budget until July or August. 
Um, and so it, once the process of vetoes and um, overrides and everything are done. And so that's why we don't really get too stressed out about the uh, the uh, the budget in the spring from the state level and state aid. Um, as we've discussed many times on this show and many other shows, you know, our state aid is, is, is all but likely to stay pretty flatlined for, uh, for the foreseeable future um, due to the fact that our enrollment in the school district is plummeting um, over the last 15 years and the fact that our land values and uh, median income in town mm-hmm. uh, have accelerated up over the, uh, over the bunch of uh, the last 10 or 15 years. So right. um, as you articulated earlier, uh, when we were offline, this represents about a 0.004% uh, switch of the budget. So four thousandths, <laughs> or is it millionths? What is it, Steve? Um, uh, I think four, it's one millionths, tens, hundreds, thousands. Tens, hundreds, thousands. thousands. Yeah. So 0.004% of the overall budget is being readjusted. That's a very, very low percentage. Um, and when you add in the 15 million in enterprise funds, that percentage is even lower. Right. in terms of the overall pie of the uh, annual uh, budget. So the FinCom uh, approved those uh, adjustments annually. Um, a couple of the high-level expenditures um, that were done were to reflect the debt and service payments of the municipal building renovation, um, the Horace Mann drain project, and of course, um, the collective bargaining agreement adjustments that have been finalized, um, as well as uh, the town clerk uh, saw a new mm-hmm. uh, law this year relative to early voting. Um, and so uh, that expense was a little higher um, than previously thought of. So um, a lot of this is just part of the mechanics uh, of annual budgeting. And as you know, and I know, um, it is a 365-day exercise. There's only one way to really learn it, um, and that's by participating in the system, listening in, um, reading the memos, taking advantage of the material that's out there, and, um, and and just going through the cycle, you know, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, I frequently joke, you know, Miriam and Chris have been in this business for, you know, f- probably almost 50 or 60 years. Mm-hmm. And even they learn new things every day about yeah. the annual budget process. So it's always an evolving thing. Um, it never ends, really. Um, and so uh, last night was just uh, another uh, uh, piece. And this is a little bit of a precursor to the November 16th council meeting. Um, where uh, they'll be taking up the same item. Yeah, and it truly is a fine tunement where, to your point, Chloe, you had made some educated guesses, obviously, with a lot of conversation with the legislation in terms of legislators, excuse me, in regards to what they were putting forward, what they thought was going to be coming out, and then the final number is finally out. So we got that. And then you settled on a number of the contracts. You had already put kind of a, a kitty aside in anticipation and now you can redistribute that amongst the appropriate accounts accordingly exactly Um, i think to the extent that you're as close as you are reinforces the process that you were already doing well anyway yeah um and you're still doing well and i think the key piece that's takeaway is in terms of at the first quarter looking at the Mm -hmm. revenue streams and i think it was also raised in the question as well Um, Because the excise taxes, which come at the end of the calendar year, um, that's a big input too. But we're tracking other revenues, at least in this first quarter. I mean, it all came in. I I, I mentioned last night, and and if people go look at the packet or they pay attention, you know, there's revenues that are up over expectations. There's revenues that are a little bit below. Like you said, some of them are delayed until further in the year. 
most of them are user-based fees, right? Mm -hmm. It's recreation receipts, it's building receipts, it's ambulance receipts, it's meals receipts um, on the meals tax, hotel tax. Those are all consumer-based issues. So when you really look at it from a CEO perspective, all you want to see is in the aggregate, we are right on target with the revenue projections we had. After three right. months, our revenue projections are at 25.9%, which is exactly what we're looking for sure. at this stage in the game. And to your point, the vehicle, motor vehicle excise later on in the year is certainly the largest portion of it. Um, but you can't assume, even though we want to, we, uh, excuse me, we do assume everybody will pay that bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whether everybody does or not is is actually not reality, right? right? I mean, that is when we get to the later in the in the spring and the payments come in, then we factually know people will fill that revenue slot. Mm -hmm. But I can't, I can only assume that people will play. I have to wait until March, April, and May for people to actually pay. And then it will be guaranteed that they did pay. Um, and the reason why I say that is, is not to say that people won't pay. But when there's economic turmoil, um, traditionally, yes, mm -hmm. um, we see fewer people comply with, with tax uh, obligations. And so um, hopefully that economic turmoil doesn't come. Um, but as history would tell us, um, sometimes those instances do come. And so mm -hmm. we want to make sure we're prepared for those. Agreed. Yeah. And as we've talked, and for those who are regular listeners, you'll be familiar that effectively you're, you're running kind of three budgets at once. Clearly, the current year budget is the most important one, mm -hmm. which is you're making the adjustments to here. But you're still effectively looking at last year's budget because that generates what we use as free is called free cash, which then becomes part of our capital plan. And you're already starting the capital planning and then the operational planning for the next calendar, next fiscal year budget. So you've got three kind of in the same process to a certain extent. It's really an excellent point, right? Is that if you're in the accounting office, you're still you're still closing out the books from last year. The assessors are actually looking forward to the tax rate hearing so they can set their agenda for next year. And yet at the same time, you know, we just got our free cash certified uh, three days ago by DOR. The, the state uh, certifies that amount every year. And I just sent out my email yesterday to the department heads with the with the list of rules uh, and mm -hmm. assumptions to put into their FY24 budgets. Right. And so you're right. This is part of the point um, that people need to understand about the budget um, is that it's not real. This is where it differs from your household budget. Right. You know, yes, there are some principles that match, uh, but here's a good one that doesn't where we are looking at basically a three to four year budget cycle. And oh, by the way. Ratings agencies require a five-year fiscal forecast. So right. from even another level, we're mm -hmm. always looking five years down sure. uh, the road, um, at least, if not longer, um, in terms of our financial solvency. So um, pretty interesting stuff. It's uh, Some people find it really boring. Um, it is very detailed. we got a phenomenal team, both the schools and the town, on finance. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So it's uh so we're we're you know we're at yeah. that point and just as a quick plug for the November thirtieth council meeting, yep. um, that's when they will be doing the annual tax rate hearing. Correct. Yeah, and I think the based on what I've heard and understood of the market and having spent the number of years that I've been doing this, the tax rate itself I expect will go down because we've all been hearing about valuations increasing, increasing, and some of that results in new growth, et cetera, but. 
the tax bill, unfortunately, will still go up, even with the rate going down. Yeah, well, we, we're not sure about that, actually, right? Um, Kevin Doyle gave a great presentation at the uh, assess, uh, the Finance Committee last month. Right. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, if, if your tax rate is going down, as he explained, um, usually the assessed value of your house is going way up. Right. Um, which is what happened last year. But, yeah. um, but everybody can tune in on November 30th. Uh, and watch that presentation and that discussion and hopefully become a little bit more educated on uh, how we set the tax rate. Mm -hmm. Yep. And for some frequent listeners, you may recall that I did sit with Chris Sandini and Carrie Bertoni earlier this year, and they do have, I think we ended up with, you know, close to an hour of the budget cycle Mm -hmm. going through every step in both of their processes. So if you really want to take a deep dive, you can go back to that because that's really... I think the only piece, as we look back on it, the only piece that we that has changed is we were still talking uh, at that time of the possible getting uh, awarding the AAA piece, um, right. which we do have, in fact. But I think yep. everything else that we talked about there, to to our credit, your credit, the process is the process. It's going to repeat. The numbers will change from year to year, but yep. the process is the process. Process is the process, and and just to close out on this discussion. Most people need to understand all of this is basically set out in state statute. So mm-hmm. when people always tell me, well, we don't understand it. Why is it this way? That's a dumb idea. There's really not much I can do about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's Which a reason is- why there's a, a, a municipal finance we call the blue book that's two inches thick yeah. um, of municipal finance law. And, and while it's annoying and sometimes not as convenient for the modern day, um, you know, Amazon two-day prime or Google lifestyle uh-huh. um it's actually put in place to protect taxpayers Correct. so it is a is it is a control mechanism um, um to have some sort of efficiency and accountability in the system so yeah no and then let the last plug picking up on that it gives me an opportunity to help you in the process be explained mm-hmm. in some kitchen english if you will to the folks so yeah it's it, hard it to do, and we appreciate that, and we do try to do a lot of this. Um, hopefully, some of this content is valuable for folks. Yeah, friend, from what I've been hearing, and based on some of the numbers, the readership is going up, and that's that's a good thing. That's, that's a great a thing. thing. That's great. So related to that, I know we had a conversation prior to the FinCom meeting, but it's related financially as well in regards to for folks in particular who like the SNET trail, particularly that Grove Street section, which had always been a devil of a piece to walk or attempt to walk in the wet weather. Uh, the CPA funds had been allocated, went through the process. You had announced in a letter earlier that it was on hold because the bid actually came in, what, four times higher than what was estimated. But the so, work actually got done. I know. It's amazing. And they and DCR really did a great job both on the quality of it, but also the ability to get out there and get it done. And I, I give DCR a, a lot of credit, uh, Sean and, and Paul. DCR's and, Department and of Conversation, Conservation Resources. Sometimes it feels like conversation. It, <laughs> it is, uh, it's the state park system. It's the state right. park, you know, and and, yeah. um, and they own uh, the SNET um and uh and and uh they did a great job on the project i think they're still finishing it up but um we apologize for the lack of communication this is sometimes what happens these days um you know we we take the victory when the state shows up to do something like that and and sometimes it's not perfect um there's really actually not enough time in a day to communicate everything that's happening 
uh, at our level or the state's level. So kudos to them for for coming in. Um, but you're right, Steve. It was a it was a factor of inflation. We were we worked out a deal with them on the land swap for the recycling station, and part of the mitigation on this was to do a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of work. We helped the state permit everything. Um, we paid for the uh, we got the fees waived uh, for the permitting of it. Uh, the conservation commission was great, um, and um, and unfortunately, uh, when we went out to bid this spring for the materials. Uh, the bids came in four to about four times higher than what we were obligated to pay. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just very, very grateful. Again, being grateful for things that happen, not always uh, angry about things that don't. I'm very grateful the state could have made this really, really difficult. Um, uh, they really could have. Um, uh, both DCAM, Department of Capital and Asset Management, which is the property owner for the Commonwealth, and as you can imagine, they have land everywhere around the state. Their sure. job is to protect the public asset and the yep. value of that asset. And so they do make it very difficult. Um, but both DCAM uh, and DCR, Conservation State Parks, um, made this really easy. They could have waited till the spring. They could have mm-hmm. kicked it out another year. Um, you know, they they could have given us a hard time with paperwork while the town attorney is working on things with them to redo the agreement that we had and file it with the appropriate authorities at the state level. And, and the stuff. they could have made this really, really complicated. And right. um, we're, we're, we, you know, we shouldn't be as frustrated with the lack of communication as we are with the joy um, and uh, enthusiasm that the state has had in this project. So um, we still don't have any snow, Steve. So everybody should get out to the SNET. Um, I just saw the Bellingham track the other day for the first time. Um, and I look forward someday in the spring to, uh, hiking a lot further. So mm-hmm. amazing yeah. trail and, um, people should get out there. Yep. Yeah. It's, it was, it was a dry, we saw the Bellingham stretch a few weeks ago, my wife and I on a walk. Um, and now she's getting to the point where she and some of her friends want to be able to do the Bellingham stretch and back, which they got to work their way up to it, but that's okay. That's fine. The, the first stretch. <laughs> that's why is, it's there. It's to that's why push. it's there. That's right. Absolutely. People it's so, it. so nice. You don't have to worry about tripping. It's nice yeah. and flat and good. And, yeah. and, in, the, and, in, and in the uh, New England mud season uh, is when we'll really see yes. the benefit, right? Yeah. I can remember going on that walk out to do the uh, tunnel during the pandemic. Sure. And Senator Roush had her dog with her. <laughs> I think it was Bailey. If I remember right, and um, you know, poor Bailey was getting pretty muddy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I can well, only imagine what Senator Rausch's car looked like after Bailey got back in the car, but it was soaking wet. If you remember, I, it I'm was pretty a sure you were snowy there. Snowy day. It was yeah. a beautiful, beautiful day. It's still yep. a picture I have on the wall. Right. It's one of my favorites uh, since I've been in Franklin. Yep. Um, but it was muddy as could be. If you remember, I, it was. I really, can't. It was I, I wasn't there that day, but I know that trail under those circumstances. And yeah, <laughs> I would not wear my normal walking shoes. I would yeah. go in my big boots for sure. And bring a blanket uh, to put in the back uh, if you have your pets with you. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for the update on that one. Uh, the SNET certainly is an untapped, although it's becoming more and more tapped. And even when we walked. This past weekend, there was an awful lot of people on that early section, and there's not usually a whole lot because of the issues. But yeah, that's and, that's gonna and be one more way. thing about the SNET that just popped in my mind actually, something you just said, which is leads into the next one, which is next week and tonight they kick off the open space and recreation plan process at the Conservation Commission. Oh, good. So our open space plan is up every seven years. Um, and, um, and obviously, one of the goals the town administrator has already <laughs> put into the queue mm-hmm. 
is the acquisition of the uh, the rail line from Grove to Union. Uh, that's going to be the most challenging part of the SNET trail for sure. Of yes. all the things on the trail uh, that has been built and the successes and victories and great uh, assets, this will be certainly one of the hardest to do. Uh, but uh, I just want to, uh, for the folks listening to the podcast, I just want everybody to know that they should pay attention. If they're interested in open space and recreation, now's the time uh, to get involved. Yeah, we've teased that before because that's one of the pieces of the master plan, which you have to update as well. So That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. And since you now have also kind of the engineering around the open space for Maple Hill and the Schmidt Farm, how are we going to utilize those assets, which are now part of our asset base? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of conversation opportunity for those who are interested. Very exciting. Yes, indeed. And then town council teasers. So there's a council meeting. You've already elucidated at least one or two things there. So there might be some more. We got. Um, I think everybody needs to be aware that um, probably starting at this next meeting and then after, um, um, if folks are interested in what's going on in town, um, they should sign up for the email. Uh, town council lists, take a look at the agenda. There's going to be a lot of stuff coming up um, over the next couple of meetings. Um, and it's going to be not just the budget stuff, which is actually probably the simplest and and actually one of the least relevant, to be honest. Um, we have the inclusionary zoning uh, and density uh, bylaw uh, proposal coming up at the EDC meeting this week. Um, and we're going to have our first public uh, conversation and discussion uh, on the Davis Thayer Reuse Committee. Yeah. Um, and so I know Davis there, just those two words, names, you know, perk up a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are really going to want to tune in for this. Um, there won't be any big decisions made. It's just going to be a first discussion and the memo will outline some of those talking points. We have a slideshow in the in the packet, the, the in, inside conditions um, and stuff of that sort. So I know a lot of people have been asking about this for a long time. It is passed through the registry. It's now owned under the care custody of the council. Um, and we're going to have an initial discussion. Uh, moving forward after that, the bids close today on the Old South Church. Yes, uh, so people can right. look forward to that pretty soon. We've started to get our first payments of the opioid settlement money. So we're going to come up with a process in the next couple of months um, on, on on what to do with some of those funds mm-hmm. um, in the years ahead. Um, and so there's a lot of, uh, and of course, the zoning issues on housing um, you know, will be coming up and, and undoubtedly the proposal project at 121 Grove Street, um, the 330 plus uh, units of housing, 25% affordable, um, you know, 70 foot, uh, roughly high building. Uh, one of the tallest will be in Franklin is being proposed on Grove Street with over 15 to 1800 car trips a day. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, that's not on the next meeting this week, but over the next couple months, um, all of these issues that I'm bringing up and then some, uh, will be coming up, uh, before the council and the EDC meeting, uh, which to your point, uh, Steve then leads into, uh, you know, the end of the month and next year, which is then leads into the capital, uh, plan, um, and leads into, uh, future use of, uh, some additional ARPA funds. Um, where I know I had already committed to a million dollars of roads improvements because of the deduction in the hotel tax over the course of the pandemic um, to replenish that those projects that we're anticipating doing. And finally, one of the ones I think that will also come up a lot um, because of uh, the issues raised at the hearings at Pleasant Street um, about the new uh, affordable housing project over there, um, we're going to be looking at a lot more traffic calming measures 
and hopefully making some substantial investments in traffic calming. People say, well, what's that? You know, um, that's reflectors, that's signs that say you're speeding, you're speeding, you're speeding. Mm-hmm. Every day, Steve, you see me drive up King Street. I see you doing your walks. Yeah. And those signs and, and things are really effective. They're expensive, but they're very effective. Um, and, you know, as we pointed out, uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, I know in a future uh, Franklin uh, Talk Franklin episode, um, obviously, um, the uh, the content uh, that there's so many people that are worried about speeding and mm-hmm. um, aggressive yeah. driving right now that um, we're going to be working with the proponents at Pleasant Street, uh, that project at the church, and looking at some other places on probably Lincoln, uh, Partridge. Um, you know, possibly pond and a, f- and a few others of where forest of where there's just excessive cut through speeding um, of where there's really some feeling out there. Um, and I've started to really feel it uh, from people too, of just how, how anxious they are around speeding. Mm-hmm. So all of these issues, um, you know, will be brought up over the next few weeks, but this coming week on the 16th, people can look forward to um, the, the Davis there reuse um, as, uh, as one of the biggest issues on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, I was thinking as you were saying that and remembering some of the other conversations around the speeding, et cetera, we, the one thing that comes to mind, and it may age me somewhat, yeah, I'll acknowledge that, okay, but Simon and Garfunkel's in a slowdown, you move too fast, gotta make, <laughs> we should redo that to a Franklin theme and, you know, in some way. Maybe our outro music. Could be. Although then you have to pay a royalty, right? Well, yeah, that's but if you redo it, then it's ours. It's not necessarily that's true. That's true. (laughs) We'll get Jamie Barrett do it. Yeah, right. For sure. (laughs) Well, I think this was at least some of the off the cuff between the two of us that these we needed to cover. Did anything else come come up while we were chatting that we hadn't talked about yet? Nothing else that's uh, that can't wait for another meeting. Yeah. Another one. So for the listeners and especially the new ones, if you're here for the first time, please come back. Um, We do this twice a month Mm -hmm. and with some regularity, at least. And I hope you enjoy it and learn something. And uh, I certainly appreciate your time, Jamie, to share the insights so that people can understand what is going on besides, uh, you know, the meetings. And what does this mean? And what does that mean? And that's what we're here to do, to help them out. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And for the listeners, one final reminder, we do this because Franklin matters. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.